1: And welcome to excel today i trust that you had a fruitful week and i believe that our time together will bring transformation and a renewal of your mind repositioning you for a life of all-round success in all your engagement in jesus precious name let's pray together father in the name of jesus we thank you for bringing us to yet the end of another week and giving us the opportunity to fellowship together on this platform we ask the lord as your word comes forth bring us understanding let revelation flow let lives be repositioned for excellence and for success in every area of life in jesus precious name amen and amen go ahead share the link with friends and family let them be blessed and enriched by the ministry of god's word let's get into our text ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 17 has been our anchor text for this series be careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is do not be foolish but understand what the will of the lord is be careful then how you live how are you going to live One of two ways, as wise or as foolish. That is the title of our series, Living as Wise. The choice is yours to make. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, He said, I call heaven and earth to record against thee this day, that I have set before thee life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that thou and thy seed may live. Life is about choices. God has given us the power to choose life. And when we choose life, nobody can give us a death. When we choose death to nobody can give you death, life. So life is all about choices. And one of the vital choices you and I will be are required to make is a choice on how we live our lives. God has given you the gift of life. How are you going to live that life? Are you going to live it as foolish or you are going to live it as wise? That prophet. To those who make a choice to live as wise. And the adverse consequences for those who also make a choice to live as foolish. I pray that as we go through this series, you make a qualitative choice to live a life of wisdom. And the results in your life will show from henceforth. What do you experience? What are the unique qualities? What are the unique profits that you will experience if you make a choice to live your life as wise? We touched on a number of them last week and we said among others you experience joy you experience success you experience progress you experience promotion you enjoy greatness you enjoy honor you enjoy wealth you enjoy peace all of these blessings are product of wisdom if you check your life closely and you realize that your life is bereft of these things you want to question how you are living whether you are living wisely or you are living foolishly okay so It's important we get to understand, having established the foundation, that the benefit, amazing one of course, for those who choose to live as wise. We need to answer the next question. How do wise people live? How do I know that the way I'm living my life is a way of wisdom? or I'm living my life foolishly. Scripture also guides us. God will never ask you to do something without showing you how to do it. So he says we are to live as wise. How are we supposed to live as wise? Scripture outlines several ways wise people live. And we'll be touching on a number of them. Not in an exhaustive sense because I have quite a long list to deal with. But we'll be touching on key aspects of it that are relevant for our lives for such a time as this. Come with me to Psalm 14 verse 1. The Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They've done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The same text in Psalm 53 verse 1. The fool had said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt they are They They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The fool had said in his heart, there is no god the bible helps us to appreciate that what we say in our hearts which will obviously manifest itself in our behavior (laughs) is a reflection of how wise or foolish we are and one of the things the bible tells us that foolish people say in their heart is that there is no god they sit down they convince themselves they conclude and come to a point of negative conviction that god does not exist and if god does not exist then his word does not exist then it puts no responsibility on our lives and we are we are we are by ourselves we live our lives to please ourselves we live our lives the way we want and we are not subject to his laws that is what foolish people do take it on the other side and you see that wise people live by saying that there is god and if there is god their actions their behavior their response and their attitude towards him would also reveal the same so the bible says wise people live by acknowledging that's the first point we are looking at wise people live by acknowledging god's existence and his lordship over their lives are those who live they don't acknowledge god's existence they are one category of people and are those who acknowledge his existence but they don't feel he matters as far as their lives is concerned so god exists yes but He doesn't have to, they don't have to live their lives in the knowledge that God exists or they don't have to live their lives in order to please or to honor his laws and principles. So we are saying that wise people live by acknowledging God's existence and then his lordship over their lives. You are wise when you choose to accept the fact that God really exists and you are wise when you bring yourself under his authority. Like scripture says, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. Once you acknowledge that God is the supreme power and then you bring yourself under that authority, we can describe you as wise. So, how do we see this? Let's look at the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 22. Once you come to a conclusion that God does not exist, you live in a particular way. Let's look at what the Bible says but god shows his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness they know the truth about god because he has made it obvious to them god everybody knows the truth about god that's why he says you are suppressing the truth because god has made it obvious to you it's in your heart it's in your culture it's in creation it is in your conscience that god exists but you can set all of that aside and choose That he doesn't exist just because you want to live in a particular way. He says, forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. So when you look at the earth and the sky, you are supposed to come to a conclusion that there must be a God. Because if you look at the way the world is structured, if you look at the way the earth is structured, if you look at the way the heavens are not collapsing upon the earth, you should know that somebody is an architect behind the beautiful creation we see. He says, for, since, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. How do we see God's invisible qualities? We see it in creation. Psalm 19 verse 1 and 2, it said, The heavens declare his glory. The, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. So when we look at creation, creation gives us a certain picture, a certain revelation about who God is. So he says, we see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. God exists, and God must be acknowledged because it's obvious he exists. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. It takes a lot of mental effort to refute God's existence. So it takes a darkened mind to come to a place of conviction that God does not exist. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. So when you want to claim that you are wise, in your wisdom, God is not factored into it. The Bible says you are an utter fool. Wisdom begins with God. Wisdom begins with God. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs 9, verse 10. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The reverential fear of God. The reverential acknowledgement of God. The knowledge that God exists. And that knowledge, that shapes the way you live your life and respond to God. That's the fear of God. The fear of God is to come to a place of acknowledging that truly God exists. And you allow that knowledge to govern the way you do your things, the way you relate with people, the way you handle yourself. That is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy is understanding. How do wise people live? Wise people live... By acknowledging that God exists and they acknowledge his lordship over their lives. Five practical ways to acknowledge and submit to the lordship of Christ over your life. How will you demonstrate that you are a wise person? You have to demonstrate that by acknowledging his lordship and then submitting to his lordship. Okay, so how can I acknowledge God's lordship over my life? Five ways. Number one, confession and public affirmation of your faith in Christ. You have to openly confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God exists and admit Him as your Lord and Savior. That's what we are told. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, the same place, the same place you have concluded that God does not exist. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. If you believe with your mouth, and you come, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. It says, yes, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good works. He says from thy child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. The wisdom that brings salvation begins with acknowledging that you are helpless, you can't help yourself. Ephesians says we were dead, we were disobedient, and we couldn't help ourselves. God extended his love toward us. While we were, yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we come to a place where we openly confess and acknowledge Christ as our Lord and believe in our heart, that God raised him from the dead. We make a confession and publicly affirm our faith in Christ as Lord and Savior. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's not enough to believe in your heart. You have to go a step forward. You have to take a step further by confessing that Christ is Lord and embracing his lordship over your life. So that's where it starts from. If you are going to walk in wisdom, then you need to acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior. Why? Because Christ has been made unto us the power and the wisdom of God. The Bible says when Christ is absent, no wisdom is present because the sum total of God's wisdom is in Christ. So when we embrace Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we have started the process of working in wisdom. So the first step to practically acknowledging and submitting to the Lordship of Christ and then be described as a wise man is confession and public affirmation of your faith in christ number two is absolute submission and total obedience to god in all areas of your life absolute doesn't mean that you are going to be perfect but it does mean that you are going to make a conscious effort to honor christ by obeying his word in all you do in luke chapter 4 verse 6 verse 46 he said why call you Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? This is Christ. He said, if you call me Lord, you have an obligation, you have a responsibility to do what I say. So one of the most authentic proofs that you have acknowledged his lordship, you have acknowledged his existence, and you have submitted to his lordship is what you do your response towards his word your response towards the scriptures that's what shows the bible says know ye not that your body is a temple of god which you have not your, and you are not your own so once you get born again and you come to a place of submission to the lordship of christ you are no longer your own you can't live life the way you want you can't live life the way you feel you can't live life the way other people will expect you to live. You can only live life one way, and that is in honor and praise of Christ, who is now your Lord and Master. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but those who do the will of my Father. We have a responsibility. Now that he's become our Lord, we have to submit our will our thoughts our values everything distant with the choices christ will have me make so number one public uh, confession and affirmation of your faith in christ number two is absolute submission and total obedience to god in all your ways number three is the pursuit of his interests and purposes on the earth if christ is your lord then you have to be obsessed We're doing the things that please him. That is what it means. When Christ becomes your Lord, You need to live in the way that honors him. You remember, the Bible said they knew God and they they did not regard him as God. And so they did their own things. They did whatever pleased them, whatever their flesh wanted. But once you acknowledge that Christ exists, he's your Lord, you have to live your life in honor and in praise of him. I like Psalm 40 verse 8. He said, I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. I delight to do your will, O God. That must be your new posture. As a wise person, seek to do the will of him that has saved you. That's what we are told in Matthew six thirty-three: Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. That is the way the wise man lives. He does not just acknowledge God's existence or submit it to his lordship in word, but he practicalizes it by doing the things that truly demonstrate that christ is truly your lord and your savior the bible said for by grace in ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10 for by grace we are saved through faith and that not of ourselves is a gift of god not of works lest any one should boast then he says we are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for good works. He saved us at no cost to us. And we must serve him at every cost to ourselves. And so that is number three. We have to uh, demonstrate the lison pursuit of his interests and purposes on the earth. And number four, good worship. We have to demonstrate good worship of everything you have and all in life. Now that Christ is your Lord, you are steward when you live in a house that you don't owe you have a landlord whatever rules whatever laws the landlord says that's why you are supposed to live your life and now that christ is your lord you have nothing he owns everything the bible said you are bought with the price what make it thee to differ from another and what is it that you have that you didn't receive everything you have you receive it the life you have the breath you have the gift you have the abilities you have everything was given to you by god and so you must use everything you have to honor and to exalt him the bible says in first corinthians six twenty, for you are bought with a price therefore glorify god in your spirit and in your body which are god's once you are born by you are bought by him he dictates how you live your life. In First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, he said, Whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. So we have to understand that we are stewards, stewards are mindful of a day of accountability, stewards are mindful that their Lord will come someday and will hold them to account on how they use everything he gave them. Your time, your treasure, and your talent must all be deployed to advance the cause of your Lord. Look at what Ecclesiastes 11, 9 says. He says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thy heart and in the sight of thy eyes, but know that, that for all these things god will bring you into judgment so god doesn't keep you in bondage he gives you freedom but the freedom has to be used in love the freedom has to be used wisely the bible says for you have been called unto liberty only use not your liberty for an occasion for the flesh but by love Serve one another, so we have been called to be free, but our freedom is not for us to do anything we please, but to do everything that pleases Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5:10, he said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us shall give account of how we live our lives, whether it's good or bad. Why is a day of accountability awaiting us? Because we are stewards and it is required in stewards that the man be found faithful it's my prayer that you'll be a faithful steward of the gift and the abilities and the potentials god has given you everything that god has given you whether it's money whether it's gift whether it's abilities may you have the wisdom to use them to advance His cause. and then finally to demonstrate our lordship uh god's lordship and rulership over our lives we must totally denounce all forms of impurity and worldliness. So we demonstrate this practically by total denunciation of all impurity and worldliness. This is key. Second Timothy chapter two verse nineteen. He says, Nevertheless, the foundation of the law stand sure, having the seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that name the name of Christ. Let everyone that identifies with Christ. Let everyone who claims that Jesus is His Lord let him also depart from iniquity we cannot claim we are safe and do things as if we are not safe that is inconsistent with our calling and our salvation in christ Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14 he said for the grace of god that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men teaching us that denying ungodliness once we embrace the grace of salvation we embrace the teachings that grace brings that teaching that the grace that brings salvation does not teach us to continue in sin and to abound in sin so that grace will abound no the grace that brings true salvation is a grace that immediately helps us to see what is wrong and shows us what is right and empowers us To do the same. The Bible said teaching us that denying ungodliness and worthy lusts we should live soberly. So grace shows us the wrong way not to live and it empowers us to live in the right way. In Romans chapter 6 verse 12 to 14 he said do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Why? Because you are now under grace. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you are no longer under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So that is the era you are in. Once you come to faith in Christ, you are not under the law. You are free. Free to do what? Free to do what you want? Free to satisfy your ego? Free to satisfy your lust? Free to satisfy whatever desires and feelings you have? No. You are free to honor Christ. You are free without the wretched demands of a law. You are free to honor Christ in all you do, whether you eat or you drink. Again, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, he said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ loved you and had given himself as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication. So he helps us to see that we are dear children and as dear children there are things that are inconsistent with our nature. You are a dear child of God and as a dear child there are things you, you cannot continue to do. Why? Because you are a dear child of God. Why can't you do that? Because you are a new Christian. Why can't you do that? Because now you are not your own. You are owned by another. And you have to do the things your owner demands that you do. You cannot go into somebody's work area or environment and say, I want to work here, but I want to do things my own way. It doesn't work. Once you are owned and you are hired by another person, you do whatever they would like you to do. And now we've been bought. The Bible says we have not been hired; we have been bought, and we have been bought at such a price. Therefore, how we live our lives cannot be to please ourselves, but to please the One who called us as His own. The Bible says in James chapter four, verse four: "Ye adulter- adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy." of god again in the book of first john 2 verse 15 to 17 he said love not the world nor the things that are in the world for if any man loves the world the love the love of the father is not in him if any man loves the world you can love god and love the world at the same time once you declare your love for god you have take you have declared your hatred for the world genuine love for god will always give birth to hatred for other things If you meet anyone who says he loves god you will see that in the life of a person there are things they also hate you can't love god and love everything you can't love god and do everything loving god puts a restriction on your life Serving god puts a limitation on your life there are things you won't do because you love a person when you say you love a person it means you have made a commitment to do things that advances them, to do things that brings them joy, not to do things that brings them hate uh, and pain. That is not proper love. Genuine love seeks the best of the other. And that's the kind of relationship we have with God. We don't have a legalistic relationship with God. We have a loving relationship with a loving Father, which demands that we do things that honors Him. The Bible said, If you love me, you obey my commandment. These these are five practical ways we demonstrate that Christ we we acknowledge God's existence, and then two we also submit to His lordship and rulership over our lives. Christ is Lord, and He is Lord over your life, and that is seen by the way you live. Is it not interesting that the Bible says a prudent man does not continue in sin? Why? Because wisdom demands that the one who owns you must own every decision every thought every behavior that you put up in life may the lord bless you for being part of our broadcast today we look forward to having you join us the same time next week as we continue with our exciting series on living as wise wise people they live by acknowledging god's existence and submitting to his lordship over their lives i know that you've made that choice. If you have not made that choice, click the link below and make that quality choice and your life will certainly not be the same again. I look forward to having you join me same time. next week. God really bless you for being part of the broadcast. I invite you to partner with us in whichever way you are enabled by God so this good news of the kingdom can be taken to the nations of the world. God bless you as you seize the opportunity to partner with us in this great assignment. The Lord bless you till I see you next week, Massimize the grace of God and remain blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you. Join us again and again. We are blessed.
0: Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. And on wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 pm to 8 pm our church auditorium is located on the top floor of nanama Ejakoma plaza opposite the unity oil station Santata kumasi ghana alternatively you can join us online for our services on embassy of life chapel facebook or youtube pages god richly bless you oh, no.